بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد اللهم لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا يا كريم اللهم إنا نسألك صلاحا في أقوالنا ونسألك صلاحا في أفعالنا ونسألك صلاحا في قلوبنا يا حي يا قيوم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي My dear brothers and sisters in Islam and my mothers and fathers in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, indeed all praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who said, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي يُوسُفَ وَإِخْوَتِهِ آيَاتٌ لِلسَّائِلِينَ All praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who said that indeed in Yusuf, and his brothers were signs for those who ask. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance. And we seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance. And we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evils of our souls and the adverse consequences of our deeds. Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees guidance upon, then none can misguide him. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees misguidance upon, then none can guide him. And I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his final messenger. And... Praise be upon the final messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who said, Fayusuf, Nabiyullah, Ibn Nabiyullah, Ibn Nabiyullah, Ibn Khalil Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My dear brothers and sisters, and my dear Mothers and fathers, Wallahi, I love you all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I love you all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And personally, I cannot even express my happiness at being here with you all, mashaAllah, tabarakallah, in your wonderful country. I've been here for a few days now, and today marks the last talk in our series, Noble Pursuits and... I can't help but feel a mixture of emotions. Happiness, because I'm still here, but sadness due to the fact that the end is imminent. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make my presence with you all a beneficial one. Ameen. Ameen. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decree my return to be with you all time and time again whilst we are alive. Ameen. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to gather us in the hereafter together in goodness. Ameen. I also extend my heartfelt thanks 
to the Bikateli Masjid for their invite and for making this particular program together a reality. I thank them for this particular opportunity and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless their efforts. I've heard, mashaAllah, so many wonderful things about this masjid. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve it in goodness. Ameen. And accept the efforts of those involved in running this particular masjid and all those that assist them as well. Ameen. My dear brothers and sisters, today I've been blessed to speak about a subject that is very dear to my heart. And a topic that is very dear to my heart. Lessons from Surah Yusuf. For this particular surah is one that I have been looking into and researching and a surah that has been continuously amazing me for many, many years. I think my journey intimately with the surah began in the year 2006. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed me to study this particular surah and blessed me to teach it in many countries around the world. Walillahilhamd. And also bless me to teach it from the outset or the offset of my journey with the surah live on a radio station known as Radio Islam, I think in 2006 at the very beginning, live for 14 continuous days. So it's a surah that I've had a long relationship with. And it's a surah as we heard in the ayah that I recited to you at the beginning of our talk, a surah that has lessons, lessons for those who just ask. Lessons for those who just ask. And for me personally, for me personally, I think, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, that I have gathered from this particular surah at least 1,000 lessons. Subhana rabbi ala At least 1,000 lessons. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase for me and us all, because this is the reality of the Qur'an. The Qur'an is a book in which whenever you read it, if Allah opens your heart, you will learn something new. It's not like the other books that we read. When we read it and we finish it, then there's no point reading it again, because we know the contents of the book. We've understood the book. The Qur'an is different. It's a divine book. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ayat and lessons hidden that our scholars say are the secrets of the ayat. There's a manifest and apparent meaning. And for those who ponder, there are thousands of hidden messages that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens to whom He wills through a process known as tadabbur. Tadabbur. And I have a talk online called Tadabbur Al-Quran, which I ask and request each and every one of you in your free time, to search for and listen. Tadabbur Al-Qur'an, if you search for it using my name on Google, inshallah it will come up. It's a short talk, a one-hour talk in which I introduce this topic of Tadabbur and share some examples of Tadabbur Al-Qur'an. Tadabbur Al-Qur'an. And inshallah today the lessons that I will share with you is generated from Tadabbur Al-Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us those who live by His book and those who die by his book. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this Qur'an a true companion in our lives. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this Qur'an a, an intercessor for us on the day of Qiyamah. 
And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal Al-Wahid al-Qahhar Al-Ahad al-Fard al-Samad Al-Ladhi lam yalid wa lam yulad Wa lam yakun lahu kufuwan ahad Make our entry into Jannah Or our position in Jannah Based on this Quran Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us on the day of Qiyamah To read and rise And make the last ayah that we read our place in Jannah Ameen, Ameen. Indeed, we should make this dua in earnest, in earnest. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with the best revelation. The book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Quran, Al-Kareem. O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, in terms of us learning lessons from Surah Yusuf, then one hour can never suffice. Believe me, I have experience and can promise you that one hour can never suffice in covering the lessons from Surah Yusuf. And in fact, I am convinced that until I pass away, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that when He's pleased with me and when Jannah is my abode, I am convinced that I will continue learning from Surah Yusuf every time I read it. Every time I read it. For there's never a time when I read it except that Allah opens for me a new lesson. And I become amazed at the surah. And when I finish it, I'm excited to start reading it again. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. This surah cannot be discussed in an hour. In fact, I don't think if I really applied myself with one lesson from the surah, an hour would suffice. But I have packaged for you a couple of lessons. And maybe three if we have time. For us to give due diligence to the title that has been set for us today. And inshallah... As you will appreciate, there will be magnanimous lessons bi-idnillahi ta'ala. Now, before diving into these lessons, I want to share with you some knowledge which is considered preliminary knowledge that the scholars of tafsir mention in their books before they enter into the core discussion of the surah. And from them is the discussion surrounding its revelation or if there was a reason behind its revelation. And the scholars of tafsir say that this particular surah does have a reason of revelation. And they say that this surah was revealed when the disbelievers, and there's two versions. Some say that it was the idolaters that decided to test the prophecy of the Prophet wasallam, And some say the Jews wanted to test the prophecy of the Prophet wasallam. Thus they went to the idolaters and convince them to go to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and ask him about his brother Yusuf. Because they said that if he is indeed a prophet, then he should know about his brother Yusuf alayhi salam. And when he doesn't know about Yusuf alayhi salam, we will expose him as a fraud. So this is what happened. They went to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they asked him about Yusuf alayhi salam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, نَحْنُ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ أَحْسَنَ الْقَصَصِ بِمَا أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ وَإِن كُنْتَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ لَمِنَ الْغَافِنِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that we revealed to you the best of stories from that which we have revealed in this Qur'an. And indeed, before this revelation regarding this particular story, you are from the unaware. You are from 
the unaware. So this particular plot of theirs actually fell on their face. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exposed them as frauds and made manifest that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was indeed a prophet. For he was not there when the brothers of Yusuf alayhi salam plotted to throw him down the bottom of a well. But the story came down and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in sequence mentioned to them lessons and the history regarding Yusuf alayhi salam. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cited this particular story as the best of all stories. Because from beginning to end, it deals with the lessons of one prophet. It deals with the lessons and the story and the life of one particular prophet. Also, my dear brothers and sisters, the scholars of tafsir explain to us when it was revealed. They've explained to us why it was revealed and we discussed it. And they've also explained to us when. And they say that this surah was revealed just before migration from Mecca to Medina. When the Muslims were experiencing great turbulence. So they discuss this whole topic pertaining to when the surah was revealed. And they say it was revealed when the Muslims were going through great turbulence. It was revealed after the Muslims were sanctioned in the valley of Abi Talib. And food was diverted from them, as well as medicine, as well as trade, and so on and so forth. So it was a great turbulent time. And then when they got through that difficulty, we know that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lost Khadija radiallahu anha, a great supporter of his. And he lost Abu Talib, his uncle. Another great supporter of his. Another great supporter of his. So this was another turbulent time for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he went to Ta'if. And when he went to Ta'if, he was stoned. He was stoned sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this was another turbulent time for him. So it was a time when the Muslims were going through great turbulence. And it was at this juncture that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to reveal Surah Yusuf. As a means of ease upon the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As a means of alleviating their difficulty. And we know that this surah deals with the difficulty of a young boy, Yusuf alayhi salam. And the difficulty of an old man, Ya'qub alayhi salam. And they were both prophets of Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was revealing to the ummah that, look, yes, you are going through a turbulent time, but let me ease your difficulty by telling you a story. And we all love to hear stories. And it's a means of ease for us. Let me ease your difficulty by telling you a story of previous prophets, those who came before you. And they were too tested. They were also tested. They were tested so severely it wasn't a matter of 10 years or 20 years. They were tested for decades. And this is true. Because when Yusuf alayhi salam was abducted, he was around 7 years of age. And when he was reunited with his family, he was in his 50s. He was in his 50s around that particular period. So that was decades of being tested. Yaqub alayhi salam pined for his son for decades. He went through a true test. And Yusuf alayhi salam pined for his 
parents, his father, for decades as well. And that too was a true test. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was giving the ummah hope. Thus the story of Yusuf alayhi salam was revealed. Now, with regards to the lessons that I've packaged for you today, as I said, it's, it is a difficult task. And you can see the passion that I have as I'm discussing the surah. But I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance. And without further ado, I start with the first lesson. And that first lesson, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, deals with the family unit. For the story of Yusuf, in a great way, talks about family cohesion and discusses family cohesion and talks about all the dynamics of a home. It talks about the parent-child relationship. It talks about the child-parent relationship. It talks about the relationship between siblings as well. And this is what I mean when we talk about family cohesion. It discusses these dynamics and how they should be in terms of efficiency. And if they ascertain the position of efficiency, how amazing the home will be. How amazing the home will be. So the first lesson that I have for you for this evening, and I ask Allah to grant me barakah in time because it might just take all our time, is the family unit. The family unit. And this is based on many ayat in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and specifically in the surah, starting with these ayat that I want to recite for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذْ قَالَ يُوسُفُ لِأَبِيهِ يَا أَبَتِ إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ أَحَدَ عَشَرَ كَوْكَبًا إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ أَحَدَ عَشَرَ كَوْكَبًا وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرُ وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ رَأَيْتُهُمْ لِسَاجِدِينَ قَالَ يَا بُنَيَّ لَا تَقْصُصْ رُؤْيَاكَ عَلَى إِخْوَتِكَ فَيَكِيدُوا لَكَ كَيْدًا إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لِلْإِنسَانِ عَدُوٌ مُّبِينٌ وَكَذَلِكَ يَجْتَبِيكَ رَبُّكَ وَيُعَلِّمُكَ مِنْ تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ وَيُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكَ وَعَلَى آلِ يَعْقُوبَ كَمَا أَتَمَّهَا كما أتمها على أبويك من قبل إبراهيم وإسحاق إن ربك عليم حكيم الله سبحانه وتعالى بجن سورة يوسف by telling us that يوسف عليه السلام saw a dream a dream that confused him. And he immediately went to his father and relayed this dream to his father. And when he relayed this dream to his father, Yaqub alayhi salam advised his son proactively and told his son, do not relay this dream to your brothers, lest they shall plot against you. 
Indeed, shaitan is a clear enemy. And then he advised his son and said, that this, my dear son, is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will complete his favor upon you. Just as he completed his favor upon those before you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will complete his favor upon you and teach you the interpretation of dreams and reveal to you prophethood as taught to us by the scholars of tafsir. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completed that favor on the family of Ya'qub and upon the forefathers of Yusuf alayhi salam, Ibrahim wa Ishaq. Ibrahim and Ishaq. And he says, indeed, your Lord and your Rabb is all knowledgeable and all wise. I want us to dive into these ayat a little bit to see how Surah Yusuf teaches us about one of the dynamics of the family home, and that is parenting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when Yusuf alayhi salam saw this confusing dream, the first person he went to was his father. He didn't go to his siblings. He didn't go to anyone outside of the home. He immediately went to his father. He immediately went to his father. Now, for those who ponder over this, they will realize that a child does not just go to anybody unless there's a relationship present between them. So the fact that Yusuf alayhi salam went to his father from the outset teaches us that Yaqub alayhi salam was already an active and proactive parent. An active and proactive parent. In that he had a relationship with Yusuf alayhi salam before Yusuf alayhi salam saw this dream. He would play with Yusuf alayhi salam and he would advise Yusuf alayhi salam and he would teach Yusuf alayhi salam Thus Yusuf alayhi salam by default considered his father his hero. Considered his father his hero. You see how we have deduced from Surah Yusuf, how Surah Yusuf teaches us the importance of being proactive parents. Because Allah tells us he went to his father, but Allah gave yourself a brain. And he gave myself a brain. And he made us live life to understand how children interact with one another. If Yusuf went to his father, wasn't there an introduction to this? To teach us why he went to his father? Which in turn would teach us how important it is to be a proactive parent. And in the first place, how Islam teaches us to be a proactive parent. This is the first lesson. This is the first lesson. And evidence from this, in terms of Ya'qub being an, a proactive parent, is in the way Ya'qub alayhi salam spoke to his son after his son revealed to him this particular dream. Ya'qub alayhi salam understood from this dream that my child is going to be amazing. He's going to be amazing. Thus, he proactively taught his son. He knew that Allah is going to test the son of mine. So he proactively advised him. And this is another lesson from Surah Yusuf regarding the first dimension that we're discussing. And that is the discussion between parent and 
child. Immediately, a seven-year-old boy, or maybe a six-year-old boy, or maybe a five-year-old boy, Ya'qub alayhi salam turned to him and said, Oh my dear son, ensure that you do not reveal this dream to your brothers, lest they shall plot against you. Now, who from amongst us has the guts to teach a six-year-old child or a seven-year-old child a lesson such as this? We would say, you know what? You know what? Shh, keep it a secret. He's too young, he won't understand. This child of ours won't understand. Inshallah, when he's older, we will teach him then. When he's older, we will teach him then. Many of us are smiling because this is what we say. Our child is too young to understand. Now, we know that we send our children to school when? Around the age of six? Around the age of seven? Right? Yusuf alayhi salam in effect is going to be taken, or he, he is going to be taken away from his father at this tender age. When we send our children to school, we are also sending them out of our home at this tender age. We learn from this ayah, and these ayat, that we need to parent our children before we send them out of the home. Whilst they are four and five and six and three and two, teach them and don't make the colossal mistake of saying they are too young, they will not understand. They will learn what you teach them. And if you don't teach them, somebody else will teach them. And if you don't make them understand, somebody else will make them understand. And Ya'qub alayhi salam knew this. Thus, he teaches us this lesson of being a proactive parent. That don't wait for somebody else to do your job for you. Rather, do your job yourself. They are never too young to learn. Thus, he commands his son, don't tell this dream to your brothers. But such a proactive parent he is. He knows that my dear son is so young. And I am telling him to be wary of his blood brothers. What would be the situation of this young child of mine? After I tell him not to trust those he has grown up to trust, those who he sees as his protectors, what will be his situation? Thus Ya'qub alayhi salam completes the parenting philosophy and goes on to say, Indeed, shaitan is an evil enemy. Subhana rabbi al-a'la. He tells his son in effect that my dear son, if anything should happen to you, if your brothers might do anything to you, understand my dear son, it's not their fault. It's the fault of shaitan. Never ever blame them my dear son. Because it's not their fault. It's the fault of shaitan. Allahu Akbar. He taught his son about shaitan and the evils of shaitan when he was a young boy. He was a young boy. And... To prove how magnanimous the parenting of Yaqub alayhi salam was, we know that Yusuf alayhi salam was abducted. So Yusuf alayhi salam grew up in environments other than the environment, the pure environment, the environment of the house of prophethood. He grew up outside of that environment for the rest of his life. The most difficult years of any child's life, being a teenager, he experienced those years in a house of shirk, in a house where there was idolatry in a house where the people were loose with one another. And we know they were. Because the minister's wife herself, she plotted to seduce Yusuf alayhi salam. So imagine what he was seeing growing up. But look at who he was. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that he saw him in the third heaven and he had half of all beauty. By Allah, when you read Surah Yusuf and you understand Yusuf alayhi salam, you will see that he was also beautiful internally. That what, if I told you, what are the chances of a boy from seven or eight years of his life growing up in a house of shirk, growing up in a house of loose, where there's a house which lacks character, what do you think the end result of this boy will be? What are the chances of this boy being upright? What would you say? What would you say? Would you even give a percentage or would you say no? You'd say no. You'd say no. But Yusuf alayhi salam, forget being tested, meaning falling prey to idolatry, falling prey to the ill practices of this environment. He grew up in sublimity, Allahu Akbar. Not once did he ever associate partners with Allah. Not once did he ever lose the character that his father taught him. Why? Because his father did a grand job teaching him the university of life. Remember we discussed this during our first lecture. Taught him the university of life at the time when he deserved to be taught. He didn't say he's too young, let me teach him tomorrow. He's too young, let me teach him when he's 10 years old. After he spends three years out of my home in the school with friends that could pollute his understanding, with teachers that may pollute his understanding, with environments that may pollute his understanding. No, he taught him from the outset. And thus when Yusuf was forcefully placed in polluted environments, he remained healthy and wealthy and wise. Subhanallah. And there's testimony to this because this surah is amazing. The surah is amazing. The beginning ties up to the end and the end ties up to the beginning. 